Hello, everyone. Welcome to Reiki Radio. I am your host, Yolanda. And guess what? As of September 3rd, we have been here on Reiki Radio for five years. And I know it's the end of the month. It's just that I completely forgot about the anniversary of the show. And once I remembered, I decided I wanted to do the podcast live inside of the Seeker Circle. And so that's what I did, and that will be the show that you hear. But what's interesting about the exchange between she and I is that Turtle has no experience with Reiki. She is not a practitioner, although she has experienced a few sessions with um, a different person. And so she came on to ask all of these questions about Reiki from the lens of someone who doesn't know much about it which led to a lot of interesting things coming up, which I'm sure you will enjoy. And so there it is. Five years, we're still here, and I am so thankful to have all of you as part of this community. Whether you've been here since the beginning or you're just now tuning in, thank you. I have such a deep bow of gratitude, like I can't even tell you. So with that, I just want to remind you that if you want to take my online classes, um, Intuitive Reiki, which is a combo package of Intuitive Mastery and Reiki Tools, you can get both of those classes as a combo called Intuitive Reiki for a very special price that will end at the end of this month. So if you want that, go to my website, uchi.com, that's Y-E-W-C-H-I.com, click on the button or the picture for Intuitive Reiki, and use thank you as your coupon code. So thank you all for being here, and again, cheers to five years, enjoy the show. question okay hi um, beautiful oh <laughs> hi turtle um so i'm i'm kind of curious i i don't have a ton of experience with reiki but um the the few sessions that i have had uh always started with going through the chakras and like I don't know if it was like a measuring or a clearing to begin, but can you speak to that? Like, is there something about uh, wanting to make sure that they're all open before you do Reiki or? Yeah, that's a really, that's a really, really good question. Cause honestly it depends on the practitioner. So okay. there's something in Reiki called Biosyn scanning where basically the practitioner will hover above you and get a sense of like where energy may be flowing freely and where it may feel stuck or blocked or just where there may be an energetic imbalance. So a lot of times people will go through each of the chakras just to gauge where they may want to spend more time in your space per, um, personally. Because your say like your um, sacral chakra may be way open and you're like flowing in your creativity but maybe it's excessive and then your heart is shut down because it's guarded, they would actually know like, okay, I'm going to work on both, but for various, two different reasons. Right. You see what I mean? Yeah. But the chakra system um, in energy work is like a beautiful roadmap that helps us with everything. One, to gauge our own alignment, to notice where we may be imbalanced, 
but it's also a good roadmap that's used in terms of making sure we're in um, these various channels of energy that support us. So like making sure at the root we're in body, making sure at the sacral we're in our creativity, in our emotion, at the solar plexus, making sure we're in our confidence, making sure we're in our vulnerability, making sure we're in our voice, we're comfortable to use it, in our sight, in our connectivity. So it's it's a pretty good map for people to use as like a, it's like a tool in a way. Can you tell if, uh, so let's say a chakra is not open. Mm-hmm. What, what is registered in the energy there? Um, like, can you tell maybe what would help open it or can you tell what might be um, causing the impasse, so to speak? Yeah. Well, that's also a really good question. Oh, you're good with these. <laughs> maybe I should talk to a bunch of people who are very unfamiliar with Reiki. Just good question. <laughs> So yeah, again, it also depends on the practitioner. So there's two sides to this. Some people are very intuitive in the work that they do. So they will get um, messages or impressions around people's energy and what they're holding. But it's not always the case with every practitioner and it's really not necessary for Reiki. So the beauty of it is that even if you aren't intuitive or even if you don't know how to translate what someone's holding, the the purpose of what the person is doing for you is literally like they're holding space to help you rebalance within yourself. So it's not like the Reiki practitioner is like giving something to you as much as like they're holding this energetic space that is like, I like to think of it as like encouraging your own energy to then find its own rebalancing. So you'll get what you need or what you allow even if the practitioner has no idea of what or why you're blocked, so to speak. So is that, is that related to like moving energy? Like, can we speak to that a little bit? What does it mean to move energy and um, how does, how does that affect? um, I don't know, like, I guess the release of things or. One of the things that's coming up to say first about that is, when we don't recognize how much power we have in our functionality and how our system runs. And I think a lot of times we don't have, we have no idea of how much we allow or um, resist against the flow of energy in our fields. So like on a very basic level, it's kind of like, you know, like say you have to go have a tough conversation with someone and you start to feel it in your stomach. Like you start to get knots in your stomach and you're just like, oh, I can't. And you start to feel sick. That's literally like a, a way of recognizing what's happening to your system, both energetically and on a physical level. Now, you could then come face to face with this person and decide like, I'm not gonna say it. So you stuff and repress that. And then all of a sudden now you have, contributed to this like lodging of something that really there's this part of you that wanted to express it. So it's kind of like when we don't allow ourselves to express that energy is still going somewhere. And if we didn't let it come out, it then starts to just find pockets in our system and just kind of be like, Oh, well I'm chilling, you know? And so when we allow ourselves to do any um, practice of energy movement, whether yoga is a good one. You, you know, your yoga. Yeah. Teacher. I was just going to bring that up. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. So it doesn't have to be Reiki, so to speak, but anything that we do that allows ourselves to like move energy through us. And I'm sure, you know, in yoga, people will end up crying on the mat. Mm -hmm. They don't know why just the release is happening. So it's very similar to that. It's just another method of doing that, like letting yourself move in some yeah. way. Well, I, this might be presumptuous. I would, I would think sometimes the, the yoga postures that, that can, can cause that release are rather painful. So I feel like Reiki might be a, a gentler way to move energy, but perhaps I'm not very experienced <laughs> to say that. I don't know. No, but that's also a good point. You're like on fire. Like, yes, this is the <laughs> like turtle come ask me questions no but um it's actually it's not always because it can be challenging like people can be on the table and if they are resisting the movement of something or if something is starting to move and it is more like stuck so to speak the person may experience discomfort okay. so yeah when someone's receiving reiki it's not always relaxing and comfortable for them there are times where people are very uncomfortable um, it reminds me of one time I had uh, one of my teachers asked me to come in to be a participant for people to practice on. And I had five or six people working on me at the same time. That's weird. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. When I tell you I wanted to jump off the table within like the first 30 seconds because it was so much movement, so intense. And I was just like, oh, I feel like I was coming out of my skin. And after a few minutes, it did pass because, you know, but it yeah, I mean, there are parts of it that can be very uncomfortable. Uh, what is that like for the practitioner? Uh, having never, definitely never given Reiki to someone, um, do you feel, if they're resisting, do you feel that resistance? Yeah, sometimes you can. So a lot of times it's very, um, even visually, kind of like even I'm sure as a yoga teacher, you can tell when people aren't breathing. You can tell when someone's like totally clenched and their defenses are up and they're just like, they won't allow themselves to relax. They're tense. And, you know, so sometimes um, when that happens, I will tell the person like, you know, I'll guide them like in a very short meditation to release tension and just mm -hmm. allow themselves to like melt into the table. But also it's important for people on the receiving end to know that there's nothing they need to do. You know, some people get so caught up in their head of thinking they have to participate in the session of like, am I doing this right? Am I being a good client? Like, all you have to do is chill out. And I mean, you could take a nap if you want to, but, yeah. you know, it's kind of like just letting yourself melt and observe whatever. But yes, you do notice when people are in resistance. I think I get like that sometimes. Um, I maybe not so much in Reiki because, but I, I felt that too. I mean, you know, you get told, um, even like Shavasana and yoga or, um, you know, you, you get told to relax and sometimes you tense up and, and it's like people who sit down to meditate, right? Like, am I doing this right? Do I, you know, they almost get all rigid and, and sitting up rimrod and all this, you know, but it actually is, is impeding their ability to meditate when they tense up in that way. And, um, and they start to overthink the process, you know, Yes. but, but well, I think that there, there is kind of like, a, um, especially when you don't fully understand like what's happening or what's supposed yeah. to happen. I think you kind of, 
well, and I'm, I, there's too, I think an eagerness to heal, right. <laughs> or like whatever's drawn you to the appointment or the session. Um, yeah, I'm curious too, like, do, uh, do you know if there's a tie between like breath work and Reiki, for example? Yes. Okay. Well, it's funny cause this is like very yoga specific too, but, um, you're reminding me of this in a lot of ways. The breath work part is what I'm going to share with you, but Michelle, who was here earlier, she was sharing that she is now about to go into her yoga teacher training. And one of the things about yoga teacher training that people may not know, it's also very emotional. Like it's not just about the postures, the asanas. I mean, there's a lot of um, self-work and healing that goes on in yoga teacher training. And just the same is true with Reiki and the practice. So that's why it's really important for people to understand if they're learning Reiki, like it's not just like, oh, I learn it and then I go out and help everyone. It is very important to do that self-work so that you can go through that process of your own healing, not just so that you become a clearer channel, but you also have more of an openness and awareness when you're holding space for people who are about to go through this like shedding of feeling and emotion and whatever may come up for them. So the breath work part, um, I think it may have been, I don't know, it was a few years into my Reiki practice and I was in a meditation and I kept hearing, like go to yoga teacher training. And I was like, why? I don't want to be a yoga teacher. Like I have no interest in, I don't want to do that. It's like, you have to go. I was getting this message to go specifically to learn how to connect with the breath and to understand the importance of the breath. So I took yoga teacher training for that purpose. And again, had no idea how emotional and how healing and all the layers of it that was included. But what I learned through yoga that supported me in Reiki was that just allowing, like just being and allowing the breath to move and allowing the energy to be directed on the breath and not trying to force and not trying to control and all of these things. The yoga practice really um, heightened that for me. Oh, you're muted, I think. Sorry, it is definitely a pretty intense process to go through yoga teacher training um, because you generally they work uh, kind of from the mind and from philosophy to the body. They kind of go in that direction. And yep. uh, it's, a, it's a fascinating process for sure. I'd also like to ask about attunement, what, what exactly that is and the purpose. Yeah. That's a really good question. It's funny. I literally just had this conversation a couple of days ago. Um, so the attunement process, I guess I should back up and say there's also something called a reju, which is known as like a spiritual blessing. Actually, I'm going to back up a little more and say the person who is, um, so you'll hear a lot, this name Yasui. Yasui is the person who Reiki came through or the practice of Reiki, the person who Reiki originated with. But with that, like we also have to note that Reiki is not the only form of energy healing. It wasn't the first method of energy healing and all of this. Another part of that that we have to point out is that Yusui, it's not like he was just like 
some commoner and then one day like boom this he had this breaky experience he was also a buddhist and he also was connected to other spiritual practices whether through like buddhism shintoism all of these things so he was already in what do you call like practice of self-connection in very deep ways and probably you know very connected to different um what we would consider like esoteric ideas and principles and all of these things prior to having the experience he had that led to what we now consider Reiki. So anyway, in that um, part of the attunement process was called a Reiju, which is, it's basically is um, translates as like a spiritual blessing. And the best way I could describe it is um, it's like if imagine I have worked on my energy so much that I've strengthened my energy to some degree. Now you're full of the same life force energy as me. You also have this energetic presence just as I do. I just may be more aware of mine and I may have strengthened mine because of my awareness, right? So then I am now coming into your space to hold this certain like frequency with the intention of you now awakening to that same essence within yourself. And so then it's like, it's almost like holding space in this nonverbal communication, this energetic exchange, where because of the space I'm holding, it's like a, like an invitation in a way for you then to awaken to this light or this essence of life within yourself. That's probably the best way I could describe it because there's a lot of, um, ideas around it that like the Reiki master is giving something to you and that I'm not giving you anything. Is it uh, when you say an invitation, I sort of imagine that my, uh, my vibration is then sort of invited to vibrate at the same frequency as yours or does that make sense? Yeah. It's so it's more like, um, Imagine again, like in a non-physical uh, or outwardly expressed way that this part of you goes like, oh, okay, here I am. And you start to move deeper into that like awareness or awakening or strengthening of your own life force mm -hmm. in the way that you nurture it personally. So, you know, if you then after that process, that attunement between us, if you then take the time to practice daily meditation, practice self-connection, you're going to strengthen that in your own speed. I mean, you could go beyond me. Like, you know what I mean? Like it has nothing to do. It's our, we're the ones that facilitate how deep and how far we go with our own energy. I see. Mm -hmm. And then with, when you're practicing on somebody else, does your own energy ever get like, triggered or um I, does that make sense does it yeah. ever get activated in a way that you need to sort of say whoa or like brush it aside or you know I know that like at least with intuition or or people who um maybe are more connected to spirit like um mediums and stuff like that that there's this um need to recognize sort of the boundaries and recognize when it's your stuff versus like the There's. outer stuff or somebody else's stuff? Yeah, that's actually a really good question. It is a big part of the practice. That's why at the core, like one of the things I think is so foundational and important for people is to become very familiar first with their own energy. 
because the truth is a lot of us, we're not familiar with ourselves. So once you start to recognize you and how you function and what your energy feels like, what it looks like, however your own translation is, you then become very aware of like what's yours and what's not. And in terms of being triggered um, in sessions, yeah, you can absolutely, I mean, there are people who are very empathic and they may feel someone's sadness and start to cry. But it's also that layer of why it's also important to be aware of your energy and learn how to be neutral, learn how to be in that space of like non-judgment, learn how to be in that space of like just holding space, which unfortunately isn't normally um, talked about in Reiki classes and kind of goes back to like why I even started the podcast because there were so many aspects that I realized about this practice after class that wasn't talked about in class. So yeah, I mean, you can absolutely be triggered and that's why it's really important to work on you. <laughs> so you can manage those things and not, yeah. Yeah, I like that. Um, it, it reminds me of body disassociation, like from the perspective of yoga, right? And how doing the practice of yoga can reconnect you with your physical body and in a, in a way that you feel safe within your body. So if you think about... Um, uh, the, the different layers, right. Um, the, the layers of our person, right. We've got our physical body and our astral layer. And I think there's like seven, uh, in total, but, um, I like that idea that it's, it's like we have this other body, so to speak, um, or layer of ourselves that we need to reassociate with, Yes, like familiarize ourselves with our own energy. Yep. Um, that's, that's a really fascinating way to look at it. Yeah. And it's so true. I mean, like you're so dead on with that. And what's interesting is as we become, cause I think that comes to the forefront for people right away, like after they have an attunement and once they start practicing, you become hyper aware of energy so much so that some people go through like periods of being annoyed and like, don't want to be around anyone cause they're so sensitive to energy and it is like you have to acclimate to it and start to like settle into this new heightened awareness. But what starts to happen also over time in that is you start to become very aware of your physicality and what it means to be energetic in this physical thing. And so it all starts coming together. And I'll share this with you because um, since you're like new to Reiki, uh, in Reiki level two, you learn these Reiki symbols. and um, the different symbols come from different things. So like the first symbol is um, a symbol that comes from Shintoism, but it, it is very much related to earth energy, groundedness, and it looks like a spiral. And so it really tunes us into that journey in to ourselves. And that's the foundation of where we start, like being grounded and coming in. And then the second symbol um, comes from this seed syllable called free and there's this whole story about this senju kanan and i won't tell you right now but it basically the symbol is um meant to rid us of bad habits but it's really thought of as the emotional or mental symbol because it brings us into our process of thought and what goes on in our framework of consciousness and how it uh influences how we perceive and act and behave and all of these things so you see like already it's like first you start in body come into yourself next you go on to what's going to help you come into your right mind 
and rid yourself of bad habit, which often is just our thoughts. And it also tunes us into our emotion. And then the third symbol in level two is called the distance symbol, but it's really about dissolving the illusion of separation. So once you've grounded into yourself, worked on that mental aspect, mental emotional, then you start to tune into this like non-duality, like I'm separate from no thing. So it really, even in the system of Reiki, there's like this process or building of um, how to go deeper into your own beingness. Yeah. No, that's, um, yeah, I just keep coming back to even, even the process of, so in yoga, I might describe to someone um, how they can start to notice sensations within the body. And I can see already the benefit of being able to uh, sense the energy that's behind those sensations, you know, yeah. and being able to tap into that. And I can't even really imagine it, but I suppose that if you became uh, more familiar with Reiki and you were practicing it on yourself, then you would become better at manipulating it, you know? Or oh, yes. Yeah. And that's one of the things I think was uh, most shocking in coming into this awareness of being energetic is you do become hyper aware of how we all manipulate everything. Like we're in a constant state of manipulating energy, whether it's our own, but usually people put more effort in trying to manipulate externally, but it's true. I, you know, but yeah. the beauty in that is that not only do you then come into this um, awareness and responsibility for yourself, you also start to recognize that you actually have choice in your functionality and how you want to manipulate your own energy. But you also then become aware of not falling into the manipulation of others energetically. Uh, I want to, something grabbed me about what you said in, in having choice. Um, I think that some people certainly prefer to have. I'm on. I just went on Facebook because I just noticed we had comments and I didn't turn the, you know, how oh. we do on Jaya. Yeah. Yeah, I was just thinking about um, choice and how some people prefer that. Uh, people who generally, I think, prefer control <laughs> uh, would prefer to have choice because then they can take action, right? But uh, what, how would you speak to that from people who actually don't prefer and maybe even tend towards victimhood? Mm -hmm. you know, how does that relate in, in an energy way? Yeah, I think if anything, they will find themselves in um, – a lot of challenge in their healing process because of nothing else one of the things that happens once you because it's like once you become aware of your energy you can't like become unaware of it you know what I mean and once that energy starts moving through you there is a lot that does come to the surface and into your awareness and we could deny it and we could fight it and be in resistance around it but it's only going to make your personal process um, a lot more challenging and I think and even in my own experience, a lot of the resistance is what sends us plummeting into that dark night of the soul or into that, you know, I call it spiritually undone, that space of like discomfort where you just hit rock bottom because you are trying so hard to hold on to your old stuff. And then once you hit the bottom, <laughs> you know, it's usually where we're like, oh, okay, maybe there's another way. And maybe, but yeah, I mean, when we are you know, wanting to cling to certain things that aren't necessarily healthy for us or not serving us, we just usually find 
that our journey is more challenging. Some people stay there, you know, but a lot of people end up, you know, you get knocked down enough, punched in the face enough by the universe. A lot of people finally go like, okay, I surrender. What am I ready to do differently? Is there, um, this might be a weird question, but for somebody who's just like maybe interested in exploring Reiki uh, on an individual level, you know, not necessarily ready to go have a session or go to a class or something like that, is there something that you can do on your own to start to become aware of that, that energy um, layer of yourself? Totally. Yeah. I always joke, like if for some reason I could only practice one thing ever again, it would be meditation. Cause truly like all of these different tools that we talk about, whether it's like our intuitive development, our energetic connection, um, being in our recognition of choice and all of these things, we can attain all of that and strengthen our energy in meditation. So, um, and Honestly, I mean, meditation is like the foundational practice of like every spiritual practice. So everything that I've studied and trained in over the years, they've all started with meditation. So yeah, if you want to become more familiar with yourself, your energetic presence and um, just self-awareness, meditation is a great way of doing that. But because that is challenging for people who, you know, want to get it right and control and like, how do I do this? I think Reiki for some people is like a, like a more tangible way of like really quickly letting them have the experience of like, whoa, I can feel energy. Okay. Or, Ooh, things are shifting, but either way you're going to, you know, you know, all of these tools, even tarot and astrology, all of these things, they all point us right back in right to ourselves. (laughs) Yeah, it's amazing the amount of wisdom that's hidden inside, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's why I have on my site, The Secret is You, because I mean, at this point, I really believe that it is like everything that we use and everything we are looking for and everything. I mean, it all just, it all comes right back to us, all of it. Like mm-hmm. nothing doesn't. Yeah, I love how empowering that is too, as a person who enjoys um choice and and the the option to be in control or to take action I think is really I hate to use the word control because I think it has a negative connotation but I like the um the option to take action to to not say oh the world is happening to me but to say what can I do out in the world you know right and really consider like how am I participating Cause I think in a lot of ways, just like you said, we think like our life is happening to us as if we're outside of our choice. And it's like everything we're doing, we are constantly every day in a series of choices. Am I going to Starbucks or not? Am I going to eat that sandwich or not? Am I going to argue or not? Am I going to react from my emotion or not? Like every piece of this experience comes back to the choice that we have and our choice in how we participate and show up and all of these layers. But yeah, I think one of the biggest gifts um, of Reiki over this, over these years has been the deepening of my self-awareness, but I also really have become consciously aware of even the energy I bring into environments and the impact we have on each other. So it then doesn't just become like, oh, what turtle is doing to me or what anybody's doing to me, but how am I showing up? 
and what may my projections be doing to you you mm -hmm. know and when and you know this like a lot of times when we think of it in terms of like oh man how am i impacting somebody else sometimes that makes us more um responsible or willing to be responsible to be kinder <laughs> you know not wanting to like muck things up for other people so yeah. yeah well i was just thinking how um as as a a tarot reader and even an astrology reader, a lot of times, you know, people come to me with, with their biggest questions, you know, like, uh, should I stay in this relationship or should I leave this job? You know, some of the, some of the biggest parts of our lives that of course, um, can create a lot of stress because you don't want to make the wrong move, you know, right. Or, uh, or you're afraid of, of making your life worse somehow, worse than, you know, maybe the tension you're currently feeling. And I'm, I'm curious how, um, how Reiki might apply in that environment. Yeah. Well, one of the things, again, like I, I think it does start to highlight for us, like the role that we play in our life and our energy and like how we show up in general, what it has done for me personally is like really brought me into the realization of like dissolving the the harshness on myself about you know the expectations and like where they even come from and the right and wrong and good and bad because i mean especially when it comes to decision i know there's going to be like consequence on either side of the coin there's going to be an experience on either side of the coin so that it really comes down to like well which one am i really want to have and yeah. what what am i more motivated towards experiencing at this time but i think um and again, it really comes down to when I tell people Reiki is such a personal journey and experience because some people will go to a Reiki class or go to a Reiki session and really dig into what the experience of that is and how it shows up in their life. And there are other people who may have a session or a class and just walk away and be like, oh, that was great. Mm -hmm. And completely, you know move into a space of oblivion or resisting whatever is coming up for them. So mm -hmm. even that comes down to choice. Yeah, that's true. Very, very true. Mm -hmm. I, I suppose you can, um, you know, you can really probably find uh, any one of these modalities to uh, seek insight into yourself, right? Yes. And, and again, connect with how you're showing up in your own environment. Uh, which is really all we ever have control over, right? Is how we're showing up. So, <laughs> and there you go. It's how we show up. And I, over these past five years, I've ended every podcast with "Remember to Journey in Love" because that's also a choice. But before we go, I just want to point out a couple of things about Turtle. I'm so glad one that you're here. But for those of you who follow me on Instagram, I think it was like a month or two ago, I posted this beautiful tarot spread and talked about the reading that I had. This is. The person who did it this is turtle um and if you are interested in having a tarot or astrology reading done by her go to bravingthelight.com and it's interesting that you're the one that i'm sitting here across with today because this um work that we're doing together now has come like in this evolution of my journey so here reiki radio has been going on for five years now and then Turtle and I are in this new collective um, with two other women, Jennifer and Adrian, called the Jaya Collective. And so, yeah, it's like you never know 
how this journey is going to unfold, the beautiful souls that you'll end up connecting with, and how the work keeps progressing. So be sure to join us in the Jaya Collective every Friday morning on Facebook. And we're doing um, a live event this Friday at 7 a.m. Pacific, which is 10 a.m. Eastern. And you can follow that podcast on iTunes as well under Jaya Collective. So I'm so glad you were here, honey. Me too. Yeah. I can make it. I loved it. Who thank you. <laughs> so, and thank you to everyone for being here with me for five years. And for anyone who's new, welcome to the community. And you can join us in the uh, Seeker Circle on Facebook and have some behind-the-scenes chat. So, thank you. Hey, so that was so much fun getting to talk to Michelle and Turtle. Um, I want to thank all of you again for being here. And if you want to join us in the Secret Circle, you can find the link to that on my website, which is uchi.com. That's Y-E-W-C-H-I.com. And again, if you would like to get the special offer on Intuitive Reiki, be sure to hop over to my website and get that offer now because it will end at the end of September. And the coupon code for that again is thank you. All one word, thank you. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you for continuing to exchange with me here on Reiki Radio. And remember to always journey in love.